Hey listeners, it's David Chen. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from the Filmcast After Dark. In particular, it's the portion of this week's After Dark episode where we discuss the Doug Lyman 1999 film Go. We're discussing Go because last year, after winning the summer movie wager, which by the way is coming up pretty soon, Peter Serretta identified Go as the movie that he wanted us all to watch as his reward. So here we are discussing the film and whether or not we liked it. I think it's a really fun conversation. Of course, if you want to hear the entire conversation where we discuss other non-Go-related topics and access over 100 other After Dark episodes, become a patron at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. A huge thanks to all of our patrons for making this show possible. Anyway, here's our conversation about Go. Enjoy. So what are you up to tonight? We're going to this party tonight, this warehouse thing. Some sort of rave thing. Is this going to be cool? Yeah, I guess. Does the British guy still work here? He went to Vegas for the weekend. The British guy usually hooks us up. Let me see what I can do. Give me a number. I can't believe you're selling allergy medicine. Oh, we're out of that. We're down to two of aspirin. I think I feel something. It's really smooth, isn't it? What do you want for Christmas? Peter Sreda, you chose this movie for us to discuss. And I am so incredibly curious why that is the case. So do you want to make the case for why you wanted us all to watch and discuss Go today? I mean, it's a film that I love that I feel like a lot of people have never seen. So I thought if we had this platform, um, more so than discussing it with you guys, I mean, that that's just a bonus. But I thought maybe that this would put the movie in the radar of many people who may have... I mean, it's also a movie that came out in 1999, which is a movie, uh, you know, the year of all mm-hmm. movie yeah. years. Not, 1999 is widely regarded as one of the greatest years for movies ever, right? Like some of the greatest movies of all time, many of the greatest movies of all time came out in 1999. I'm thinking of movies like uh, The Matrix and Being John Malkovich and Fight Club, you know? Um, so Go. no but what i'm saying is like you know it didn't have a chance in 1999 uh it's also like more of an indie film so it's not like it was going to have a chance at all anyways but um it also i feel like got uh it's hard to find a review of this movie that doesn't say the words pulp fiction because a lot of people (laughs) you know i mean i wonder why peter no but (laughs) i don't to eat at ihop without Without pancakes and syrup, sometimes you know. No, but no, but I, I don't know. I don't think Pulp Fiction invented the nonlinear story, and I yes, it, it did invite it into. I, there's been yeah. many movies since. Everybody like, tried to make their own Pulp Fiction. The, yeah. This movie only exists because yeah. Pulp Fiction yes. exists. Yes, no, yes. I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that, but that doesn't mean it's not good on its own. Um, that's By true. the way, it, it is like uh, I think like ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not like it was b- badly reviewed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was critically acclaimed at the time. Yes, yeah. 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 But okay, uh, why I like it? Uh, yes. Some of my favorite movies of all time take place over the course of one day or one night. Uh, I love coming of age movies. Uh, why I don't know. Uh, I love stories with intersecting storylines. I love seeing moments from different point of views, and I love how. Uh, the way this is shot, that you see a number of the moments, not just from different point of views, but they're shot differently. Mm-hmm. And sometimes different dialogue, different details. You, you, there's reveals. I love stories where the main character 
is someone who makes bad decisions and it snowballs and you know this movie is full of those people it's it's a lot of young people making really bad decisions it's it's a lot of young people who think that they're invincible um making bad decisions and i'm sure that could sum it up but i i don't know i just love the frantic uh, frenetic energy of this movie the writing by john august this is like one of his first movies yeah it's so whip smart it's fun it's clever and um yeah, I don't know. The soundtrack is killer. It's like one of the best soundtracks uh, um, of the '90s, and uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this. But the the cast is stacked with people. Like, yeah, every every five <laughs> minutes, somebody shows up who is goes on to be a big star and celebrity in our society, right? Yeah. So, uh, and they were back then. So it was amazing yeah. to see Jay Moore. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. man. Between this and an air. I've like been on this Jay Moore kick lately, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to mention He's one back. word title, yeah. one word less than three letter titles or mm. four letter word titles. Um, yeah. Okay, folks, I'm going to bring you back to April 1999. So I found a chart of the top grossing films of April 90, uh, 1999. Okay, um, so uh, Go was released on April 7th. This is a chart for the whole month. This isn't just that that weekend. Okay, but I would like you to try to guess what the top five movies were in April of 1999 at the box office. I will tell you two facts to start with. Go was eighth. So Go made $13 million in April of 1999, um, which would be the vast majority of its uh, 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 box office grosses. Number one was The Matrix, which grossed $118 million in April of 1999. Okay. Any guesses as to what two, three, four, and five were in April of 1999. By the way, just side note, The Matrix would never in a million years have been released in April. Yeah. Now. It was wow. released in March, actually. I think, I think March. it was yeah. in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And March the April 31st. was the carryover. Yeah, March 31st. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, Avengers it, Endgame dude, was released in April, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I, I worked at a movie. I was working, you know, at the movie theater at that time. No one thought The Matrix was going to be a hit. Before mm-hmm. it came out, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't a tentpole release. It wasn't a summer blockbuster. It was this like weird, subversive, yep. strange movie. It was a mysterious teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. It was weird, and it was shocking that it did so well. Um, okay, I, I, you know, I want, um, well, I know that that summer. I mean, it kind of for me that summer starts with Star Wars, which is the next month. Yeah. The Mummy came out early May then, so this is not kind of the Mummy, right? Correct, correct. Okay, this is so kinda, these are actually kind of tough, but here's the thing. Mm, I don't think any of you, I'll be impressed if any of you name even one of these movies, but here's the thing. I look back on this list and my heart is filled with fondness for a simpler time in our movie going <laughs> lives, right? Um, because here's the thing. Four out of these five movies were not based off of anything, like any pre-existing IP. Right. And the fifth one, the pre-existing IP was Shakespeare. <laughs> um, so was Shakespeare in Love? It oh, was not. Was it, oh, nope. It was later. Okay, so I'll say number two is a comedy uh, that grossed forty million dollars in April of nineteen ninety nine. Can think about you? Uh, no, it had two of the. It has two of the most famous black comedians of all time in it, uh, and it takes Bad place Boys? in 19, 1932. 
1932. Black Knight or something like that? Harlem That Knight. is the movie Life is number two. Life. Oh, life. Man. Nobody talks about Life. Yeah. Yeah. 1999 film Life directed by Ted Demi mm-hmm. was number two, grossed $40 million in, in, in April 1999. Okay, number three. She has her own talk show these days, and she just went viral this week for a segment on it. Um, Drew Barrymore? Exactly yeah. right. And it was a... Uh, oh, uh, of, uh, Charlie's Angels? Nope. No. It's, it's, it's either it, it was just her in it. She's like the oh. main star. Never person. been kissed. Absolutely right. Never been kissed. Wow. Grossed thirty-three million dollars in April of nineteen ninety-nine. Number four. This is the one that's based on Shakespeare. Um. Oh, is it? Um. It stars a Academy Award-winning actor who is no longer with us, unfortunately. Hmm. That Academy Award-winning actor... Is it like appear- a totally totally modernization of Shakespeare, yes, though? Yes, absolutely right. Yep. Is it that Ryan Phil- Phillippe movie? No. This it, So, 10 Things I Hate About You stars has two main leads. Heath One Ledger. Of them, yes, Heath Ledger. That's right. Right. So, mm. it's, it is 10 Things I Hate About You? or is It's it 10 it... Things I Hate About You, yes. Okay, sorry. Peter said that already, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, I, I said that earlier. I, I'm sorry about that. And then number five is the... The one with the mobster who's going to therapy that's not the Soprano. Analyze this. Absolutely right, yes. Which, grossed, big... which grossed $176 million worldwide. We really wanted it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so then six is the out-of-towner, seven is Forces of Nature, eight is Go, nine is Ed TV, and ten is Shakespeare in Love. Wow. Um, Hold over from earlier that the previous uh, year. Yeah. But yeah, it's guys, wow. I mean, can it's you imagine? Can you imagine just, analyze yeah. this coming out? now and crushing at the box office there's no universe yeah, no yeah, universe no. where that happens it's amazing that it came out like, two months oh, after the sopranos too sopranos started in like january this year which is freaking mm, insane yeah, yeah of those 10 films basically none of them were based on pre-existing ip i mean 10 things i hate about you but like barely yeah, right barely. Like it's so so whereas i think if you go to the top 10 today you know 80 90 percent is sequels and ips more than that we yeah we really did have everything, folks. We really did have everything. Okay. But we didn't have streaming TV, so, you know. That's true, too. <laughs> it all bounced out. There was no Squid Game back then, you know? So, also, so, uh, movie ticket prices were $7. Man. Yeah. four twenty five for a matinee. Oh, I, I have a question on that. Did any of you guys, I'm guessing me, Peter, pay to see Go in the theater? I did. I did. Nope. I did as well. I paid to see I Go have the never seen Go mm-hmm. until wow. now. Wow. Uh, I don't know how I it fell through the cracks for me. I was... Uh, in college, uh, at when it came out, so Same. but I was still working at the movie theater, so that's weird. But, um, I you know I you know I was an acting theater major, and so I may, I you know just saw less things. I was I was busy, but I'm glad I saw it now. I'll tell you that. Jermaine Lucier, let's start with you. Yeah, um, you saw you saw it in the theater. Now you, I have you seen go. Between when you saw it in the theater and when you watched it for this podcast? Um, I, I probably, but I probably saw it closer to like 2003, 2004, maybe when I got like the DVD for the first right. time. Right. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I haven't seen it in a good 15, 20 years. And when Incredible. I like, like Peter, when I did see it, I loved it. Uh, really felt it was kinetic and fun and funny. And, and I, I would go to clubs in New York City, so I had a little bit of connection there. I wasn't a big ecstasy guy, but you know, I was around that culture a tiny bit, 
I wasn't a big ecstasy <laughs> guy. guy. You can quote that. That's um, that's shocking, Jermaine. Because you can admit I, it now. If yeah. I'm thinking of what characteristics I'd use to describe Jermaine, big ecstasy guy would be right up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. It's big for, raper. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Ro- I'm rolling right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I was, but Swingers was. was uh, at the time, one of my favorite movies. Now, it, it, I've sort of said it is my favorite movie. So I was excited to see Lyman's new movie. Um, so again, yeah, loved it then. Watching it again last night, it didn't quite hold up. I, I enjoyed the, the rediscovery of some of the, the twists and turns of the screenplay. Uh, yeah, the discovery of like actors now that I didn't realize at the time even. You know, like Melissa McCarthy and, and a couple others. Um but yeah, no, there are definitely, and like we'll talk about it. There are definitely the scenes that are super dated. It's misogynist. It's a little racist here, a little misogynist there. Um, but you know, I-, I do like the performances, and I like that it is a slice of life where no one really learns anything. It's just kind of like here's what <laughs> yeah. it is. Here's it is. We're gonna have fun, and and also uh, the um, the Peter's right about the music, but I think uh, this is might have been the first time I ever heard Len steal my sunshine. Ah, was so- in this movie. That's- that song still rocks. It still rocks. And so when that, that pumped up, I was like, I'm not really feeling the Simon section as much as I was feeling the Rana section. And then it was like, boom, Len. And I'm like, Simon. I was like, Such a time machine, that yeah, song, man. Perfect time machine. So yeah, I, it definitely didn't hold up as much as I liked it back then. Um, but I still I still found myself enjoying it this time. All right. Devendra, I'm curious what your sure. feelings on Go were. And I think are. I, yeah, I saw this movie in college probably when the DVD uh, was out there. Um I remember seeing, I didn't see Swingers when it came out. I saw Swingers after. Never really got into Swingers. And I liked this movie perfectly fine in college. I was like, oh man, this is this is what it's like to be free and to be a, a young person. A one of the youth. To be one of the youth. Going to clubs, taking <laughs> drugs, having adventures. Um, I was fully green light on Go uh, in, in college, right? Nice. Now I'm like, you know what, guys? Maybe we shouldn't watch some of these movies again. Maybe you should just keep that mind capsule experience that you've had of a movie and just don't go back because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. now it's more like a, a bit of a yellow light for me. This this movie is kind of, um, man, these people suck. It's just like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Every single yes, person sucks. Yes, absolutely. And it's weird how we're introduced to Sarah Polly's character being the sort of like disaffected cashier, right? Um, kind of being a jerk to this mom. The mom is over there dying right she's a Dude. child i feel so much for the Dude. mom like what are you doing she, she is going through a lot more than you cashier girl you, you don't need to be an ass right now yeah. that yeah. is the difference My between head. watching this movie as a young person and watching it now yeah. with children is you're like man that woman has going she that child is putting through through hell you see what's happening right there she just needs a, 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 some coupon it's not hard it's not just hard to help her out an just extra minute she is listed in the credits as stringy haired woman she does not even get a name but that you that know why where, she has that stringy yeah. hair it's because she's been trying she's holding on for dear life because that child is sucking the life out of her she's not showered in days you know that's how it is for every parent but it's, it's sort of like that was like the reintroduction back into this movie i was like oh that's shitty and then as we're introduced to all these new characters like oh that's also shitty oh you're just shitty you're just you're kind of a racist you're kind of a homophobe like this movie has this weird gay panic running theme and then tries to make fun of it towards the end and um just nothing nothing about this movie holds up for me and honestly i found it really just really sad like it's just like man this is what our culture was this is this is 
you get the one black guy in the movie and people are just going to make racist jokes towards him. And you're going to have somebody like, uh, was it like a Rasta accent? I think uh, one of them was trying to do like, I don't, there's no deep connection. Like the the title is go. People say go sometimes. <laughs> and whoa, they go. They occasionally go places. <laughs> there's no connective theme to any D- of this. Like Devendra. it's very weird. It's very strange. What's up? Do you know what do you know what go is um slang for? Yeah, yeah. Ecstasy. Sure, mm. sure. Okay. Wow. That's great. But I'm thinking about a movie like After Hours, right? Which I can rewatch forever and ever. And I think that movie is like such a great encapsulation of actually, you know, being up late night in New York, going on adventures, like just going on all sorts of things. I I feel like this movie just doesn't really connect it. Man, I just feel dirty now. I feel dirty rewatching this movie. It's a a reminder of like where we were as a culture. And kind of, I I think we've come a long way because so much of the stuff, if you tried to sell it today in the movie, you'd be like, no, you're you're immediately canceled. Nothing (laughs) like you you cannot be in theaters. You got to go to jail. If you put this movie in theaters. Anyway, I did not like them. Wow. Wow. Jeff Vendor, how did you really think? <laughs> yeah. Go. What, what did you think about Go? I was so disappointed. No one plays Go in the entire... Not since, <laughs> not since the movie Othello have I been more outraged. <laughs> At least in Tetris, not, you got some Tetris. Yeah. Not, it's not like, since Shoots and Ladders, the movie. Not, it's like calling your movie Chess and no one plays Chess. There is Othello in Tetris, actually. You should watch Tetris. <laughs> um, I have never seen this. Had never seen this. I will be the exact opposite of Devendra. Yes, everything he says is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a blast. I was. It was like going in a time machine and going back to 1990s. And I love the 1990s because I was high school and college in those years. And... I would give anything to go back for one day to the 90s. The the thing that's so wonderful about this movie is like, this is what, okay. Yes, it's about a bunch of terrible people. That's kind of like the the pulp fictionization of right, cinema right. is like, hey, look, we can all hang, we can hang out with these horrible people and but they get into adventures. we liked hanging out with those horrible people. And we, they well, were we can live vicariously with all their yeah. horribleness. Yeah. You know, that was like a pe- time period of cinema um, that Quentin Tarantino single-handedly ushered in. Um, and there's millions of movies, you know, that uh, that time period is just fraught with just hang out with the awful people. Mm-hmm. So if you set that aside, the other takeaway is like, this is what we used to do. We used to like get in the car. Sure. <laughs> you know, we didn't have cell phones. We, we doing a lot of operating work in that <laughs> sentence. Jeff, yep. Jeff had a lot of prostitutes. He had a lot <laughs> no, of guns. Doing a lot no, of work in that sentence. I didn't yeah. do any of that. I do, I do remember <laughs> those um, postcards for raves. You know, growing up in the Bay Area, yep. there was yeah. postcards oh, yeah. for raves. And these, like, slickly designed, glossy postcards for, like, Wednesday, underground. You can get there, <laughs> you know? Um it I is was weird. Rave to... culture is one of those things. I, you cannot translate that to today, right? To no. Telling the kids like, no, that's a that's an invitation to a party. They're gonna go hang out uh, <laughs> in a CD warehouse or something. That that even happened in Hartford, Connecticut, and the, it's crazy. The best thing Jeez. about Go, the movie, is that the rave is shot exactly like a rave would be. In that <laughs> it's pathetic. Like it's sad. It's so sad. The, if that movie was shot today, it would look like the rave scene from John Wick Four. You know, mm-hmm. like the way that it would they would shoot it like it's the coolest thing, and it would be in slow motion, and people, you know, there'd be like people just. But no, in Go, it's like there's about twenty people there, twenty extras in the warehouse. That's it's, it. That's, that's what a about rave it. is, yeah. and that's kind of how it was. You know, I like <laughs> that. I like 
I like the lack of pretense of, of all of it. I like that people are just kind of getting into dumb adventures because they're dumb and because they continue to be dumb. And, you know, I just felt like that's what the 90s was because I was in high school and I was in college and you would just like, you didn't know where anybody was because there was no way to contact anyone. You know, you could just lose a friend. Yeah, in the city. no yeah. idea where they went to. Another, Simpler times. That guy, at the, you know, that guy that like actually yeah. does take Molly and is mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. they find him at the end. They, and that like maze that just, just, just happens to be there. Some weird maybe. maze outside of the yeah. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm I'm in love with Timothy Oliphant. Uh, seeing him is is hilarious uh, as a young uh, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, it's Sarah Pauly. It's, it's awesome to see all these people like Party of Five is there. Dawson's Creek is there. You know, it's so <laughs> 90s. And uh, I enjoyed going back to the 90s. And the beginning of the movie, I really was like, oh, I don't know about this movie. But then, because I didn't know about the sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, overlapping, you get a hint of it when it the first title comes up and it has the character's name. But I loved the inter- interacting and the intersecting and the revealing who somebody really is and the the whole cop thing and it and it's got that post tarantino thing where it's like there's gonna be character quirky stuff and weirdness for weirdness's sake and like how how wacky can we make these characters how offbeat can it be and i i love all that stuff i i was super into that i you know i love the tarantino and the post tarantino 90s that like indie cinema indie at that time meant like gritty grungy uh quirky weird offbeat uh emphasis on like dialogue scenes that don't really go anywhere but it's just kind of showing how wacky and weird these characters are i am down for all of that it was that's my formative years and uh i i don't know how i never saw this movie oh one other thing i'll quickly say is having not seen this movie and knowing what the soundtrack was, knowing mm-hmm. that it was BT by the BT, by the way, come on, dude, right. how much BT did I listen to in the nineties? That's right. Um, knowing like literally knowing all those, uh, electronic dance songs and not knowing what the movie was. Cause I never saw it, but knowing the title and knowing the soundtrack, I really thought this movie was going to be completely different than it is. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be much more like Run Lola Run or something. Mm, I thought it was really mm, going to be mm. like like a, an elaborate chase movie. I knew yeah. somehow it had yeah. seeped into my consciousness that <laughs> Timothy Oliphant was a drug dealer. And I thought there was going to be like this elaborate chase. That, and the movie is slow. I mean, it's people just sitting in a car yes. hanging out. You know, it's not it's not kinetic yeah. like that. And it's not it doesn't. It uses the BT soundtrack, but it's not because people are like running, you know? Um, Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I I had a great time. I'm really glad that Peter picked this because I would never have just popped this on. And I'm glad I've seen it now. Uh, I I enjoyed the process of seeing it. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. I'll share a few thoughts, and then I want to go back to Peter on on his thoughts and how this movie has aged. Um, as usual, or as has been more usual recently, I'm coming in right be- between the Devendra and Jeff opinion on this one. 
Um, I also think this movie has aged terribly. And uh, it, it really does feel like it's from the 90s. Um, the thing that really turned me off, you know, I have positive memories of Go. Like, oh, interesting. As do I. Ta- you know, As yeah, do I. Interesting yeah. Pulp Fiction take. And Sarah Pauly, who just won an Oscar mm-hmm. for, true. Uh, for Women Talking, you know, is is great in the movie and all these famous actors and great soundtrack and Doug Lyman in his earlier day. It's like, it's, you know, I, I basically had positive memories of it. If, uh, if I had to rate it on Letterboxd, I would have rated it a four star, solid four stars. Yeah. Prior to mm-hmm. rewatching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but after having rewatched it, it's much closer to three, three and a half stars. Many of the good things are still there. Like it's still like, uh, you, funny you're parts. saying that like it's a drastic change, and you're only changing half a star. I yeah, feel like I mean that's a pretty. I would have did it four I, stars. Yeah. Now it's three and a half. It's I went from different. four. <laughs> I went from four to two. Let me put it yeah, in, yeah. in that perspective. Yeah, that's what I thought David's going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look, um, I any movement in Letterbox stars is huge for me. Okay, oh, that's okay. all I'm saying. Sorry. It's massive. No, shift. Sacrosanct. Very few things get five stars at all, right? Mm-hmm. Very few, and very few things get four and a half stars. So really, most of my range is like in the two to four star range. So if something comes down by half or one star, that's a big movement. Sorry, Jeff. I'm just not as refined as you when it comes well, to just, the rating. I just thought that you, the way you framed it, like, boy, it really has changed half a star. Half a star. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. Maybe I'll knock a whole a whole star off there. I'm, okay? Don't let me influence you. I was just, I was just. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. Okay. Anyway, um, why? Why is that the case? And it's what Devinder pointed out, which is that none of these people are likable, and in particular. Um, Simon is just such a raging asshole. I don't know what it was about movies in the 90s, but people just felt like studio execs just felt like, let's get a horny Englishman into the movie and people are going to love it. It's so funny because because British people, no one thinks British people have sex. So it's like, (laughs) it's going to be hilarious when we put this horny British guy into the movie. And you see that all the time, like Love Actually. There was literally mm-hmm. one character in Love Actually. His whole deal was just he wanted to have sex. That was his whole thing. And this is like a, a relic of that era where it's just like looking back on it, it's not funny at all. And and the thing is, unlike Pulp Fiction, the problem is Pulp Fiction, I think, gave us enough reason to root for these people. I liked those um, characters, even though they're awful. They're you know? loving, you know, they they either you you love the banter between uh Vincent Vega and Jules, right? That's mm-hmm. the other guy's name. The banter between the two of them, you like their camaraderie. The love story between Bruce Willis and his French uh, girlfriend. Marcellus Wallace is just like a force of nature. You know, like all these all these amazing performances, these characters and actors with great charisma to them. And you're just like very invested in the world. Here, none of these people have, like the only person resembling anything sympathetic is Sarah Pauly is about to get evicted and therefore... Um, yeah, well, Undertakes- Katie Holmes is there for some reason. Yeah. It barely left as barter, like as barter property. Yeah, so but she, you know, she has like Katie economic Holmes. anxiety. Yeah. Sarah Pauly has some economic anxiety, and therefore it's like, oh, I can kind of relate to that. But you know, everyone is an asshole in this movie, um, and or incompetent. And, I don't uh, think asshole. I think a lot of them are making dumb decisions. They're kids too. That's the other yeah. thing. That's the mm-hmm. difference between Pulp Fiction and Go. This is like this yeah, is like. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, baby Pulp Fiction, in a way, <laughs> right? It's like right. Yeah, they they have they they don't have they have this, the the biggest stake is 
you know, like I, I'm going to be evicted from my apartment. But she has so many friends. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. You almost get the sense. So, but I do agree they're very, very bad. But I think their age definitely has something to do with it. That's fair. That's fair. And, you know, one, one I, I did like some things about it. Like, um, you know, Peter, you pointed out one of the things the movie does is uh, it'll show you a thing from one perspective and then it'll show you the thing from a different perspective, but it will often use like different shots or a different perspective on it. That's kind of interesting. And I did like that. Um, so, you know, like the phone call with between Timothy Oliphant's character and Simon, and you, you hear it from two different ways and then they never go back to it. It's not like they like spell it out for the audience. Like, by the way, that was the same conversation from before, you know, like you just kind of have to put those pieces together. And I, I, I like that, that kind of stuff. I dig that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's at and at the end of the day, it's also like, what is this movie trying to say exactly? What is you know? it about? What, yeah. what is it about? Is it about Nothing. anything? It's, you what, know, Je- it- it's about what it's about what Jeff said. It's a slice of life. It's it's like this is this is what you know John August and Doug Lyman thought 1999 culture was like like almost like it, this is a movie that's much more resonant uh, and more disturbing. But like kids in 1995, mm-hmm. where that's mm-hmm. a movie that's obviously a different type of movie, but that was a slice of life of what those people thought that was. And I think those people are a lot more insightful and raw, but that's what mm-hmm. this site reminds me of. It's like, it's like kids via through the lens of Pulp Fiction into like a studio film. Mm-hmm. I guess. And, and by the yeah. way, everybody go, keeps go on ahead. saying studio film and this, this film, I'm not sure if you know this, but it was, it was made for $6.5 million and then it was a post negative pickup by Columbia pictures. So there was no studio involved. Uh, in what, it was production. basically an indie, it's basically an indie film. From it's a basically an indie film. It, it, it was at Sundance or whatever. But it, it, Columbia basically six weeks before the film was supposed to go into production, the financing fell out and they sold it to Columbia. But Columbia agreed to a post negative pickup, which basically means that they don't have to follow the unions and do all the rules and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're not involved until after the movie's done and they buy it. Um, but yeah. So I, I, anyway, so that was a long way of saying nothing. So sorry. It's okay. Well, so Peter, like, I assume you've revisited this recently for our yes. conversation today. And like on this last viewing, were there any things that stuck out to you that you appreciated more or any things that you didn't like as much this time around? Um, well, first off, I'd just like to say my plan did not go as uh, as planned here. You chose this, Peter. No, no, this no, 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 not that. I don't, I don't care about that. <laughs> what I'm saying is like I've been trying to win the summer movie wager for years now. And my plan was for Jeff Kanata to write a limerick about Go. I didn't want to oh, pay no. the money. Oh. Didn't want to pay the money on cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata. <laughs> I wanted to get, I was a cheapskate, didn't want to go to cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata and get a, 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 you know, a limerick written. And I was, I just spent years trying to win this. Wow. This, uh, yeah, but it, it didn't happen. Well, you know, that whole thing, what that problem could have been solved with a 30 second conversation before we recorded this. Yeah, even a text potentially. Talk amongst but, yourselves. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I agree with all the, the I don't think the, the problems are as, as high as uh, Devinder is pointing out. I think some of the stuff is pointing to it like uh the, you know the racism i mean they're basically i mean it, it i guess it is played for laughs but it, it's pointing out how like you know tay diggs character is constantly you know he's in the bathroom and someone thinks he's a bathroom attendant and uh they, they check him for the gun not the whatever i don't know i i think that is 
self more self aware than I think you're making out to be. But um, and we should also say that yeah, the person I mean, that it, it, it's, it's showing a character Tay Diggs like mm-hmm. raging against yes. that uh that rate you know the the roles that society has placed him in and so it's not like i don't i don't know that the um movie is racist but it uses these kind of racist ideas and i think in general our standards for that have rose over time right like if you're going to deploy those things uh have something to say about that as opposed to just well, whatever have it is that character saying, have you know. that character be an interesting person like with their own internal <laughs> life and i don't i think this movie well, i think it kind of feels that for ways, a lot of this character he's but, internal yeah. in some very interesting ways to vendor yeah. to be quite honest okay yeah. it was a okay. tantrum sure. tantr- joke guys. yeah yeah thank yeah. you thank yeah. you for that that's true <laughs> and i should also just mention I, I i mean i agree some of the the, the gay humor um might not be it w- would not work today but this movie is written co-produced second unit directed by john august who is a mm-hmm. is a gay man so I, I, like it, it was his baby it was like, yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. th- this script is his so I, you got to put that out there i just want to uh, put that out there but I, I don't know i i thought sarah paulie is amazing in this film i I don't know. There's so many good moments of tension in this movie that like you kind of know what's going on more than the characters are know, know what's going on. I love, um, you know, Jeff was talking about the the needle drops, but like magic carpet ride during the Vegas car chase or yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I love the monologue by Vic, the older veteran mob guy. I, I mean, yes, this movie doesn't have a, um, I don't think any of the characters in this movie learn anything. And I don't think this movie is, has a, um, a message, but there are a bunch of things here, like that opening scene with the, the mother or that monologue by the veteran mob guy about the difference about how people rise to the top. I think it does have a couple things to say. Yeah, there's some, there's some good, there's some decent monologues yeah. in it. I think, I think, yeah. I, I, let me just tell you guys. I like the I cats, sh- a lot of cats, a lot of cats in that film. So I enjoyed I just, that. I just want to share with you. I had a very bizarre experience watching this movie as a high schooler. I, I led a fairly <laughs> sheltered experience growing <laughs> up. Oh yeah, this is bring okay? everything. Yeah. And so watching no. this as a high school, I, like I literally there was a bunch of stuff I literally didn't even understand what was going on with like William Fichtner's character. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Like like because it's just like okay. First, the movie doesn't like lay out for you like, oh, this guy's a cop and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, mm-hmm. it does by the end because he's like, you know, with Jay Moore, you know, the cops always do it wrong in the shows or whatever. But then like, then he goes home and then he and his wife have this weird sex game going on with these guys. And I'm like, it's the the the, the thing is meant to like head fake you into thinking they're trying to invite them to a foursome or whatever. Uh, but then he's like, would you like to sell Amway products for us? And I, I literally didn't even know what Amway was when I was in high school. <laughs> it's not so I was Amway. Like, yeah, consolidated or confederated brands. products. It's a different yeah. quality product. product. <laughs> like, I didn't know what any of that was. So He I was, plays it, that scene so well. Like, he's his so annoyance at, like, you don't get it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, but watching it now, I think I, I think I understand, like, all that weird sex stuff is just kind of a head fake. Completely. Um, but I felt very bad. I felt very bad that this guy was abusing his power as a law enforcement <laughs> officer to get to try to sell, you know, multi-level marketing stuff. That, that just really bothered me on a deep Dave level. Dave had ne- never experienced <laughs> cops doing anything wrong. Cops <laughs> never do anything wrong, is my understanding from popular culture. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> anyway. Well, Peter. Oh no. I guess you could say because you requested it. 
Wow. Okay. Live in-person limerick writing. My thoughts about Go are best summed up in the form of a hastily written limerick. Watching Go Now, you may find these events depicted unkind. Please put down your phone and leave it alone. You'll enjoy a trip back to the 90s. Wow. <laughs> wow. Incredible. Incredible. You will not you know, convince me that you, you just know, wrote I, that. I, Jeff, I actually asked ChatGPT to write a limerick about Go just in case you didn't live write a limerick about Go. Um, you're going to show me, show me that I'm completely irrelevant. No, actually the, your, your limerick is much better than this one here. Here is the chat GPT limerick about go in go. We follow three tales where mischief and mayhem prevails from Vegas to LA. Our characters play their antics, leaving us in gales. Ah, it was Gales. so good up until the last line. Uh, of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, laughed, yeah. of laughter, that is. <laughs> of laughter, that is. <laughs> the title um, of this limerick is Of Laughter, That Is. <laughs> I, I have one admission here. I, I saw this movie before I saw Pulp Fiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Holy You prefer it to Pulp Fiction? <laughs> Um, no, no, no. I, oh, I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know. Go is more relatable, even though I have never been to a rave or been uh, high in ecstasy. I don't know. What's the age know. thing? That's the age yeah. thing. You're, oh, you're... This, yeah. This, this like, makes sense. That, like, I remember we went to that Comic-Con. You had sex with two women and then burned down the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. No, we did it in the Slash Film days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like um, that, that moment after uh, Rana gets hit with the car and then the the crane like i mean the, the camera cranes up and then it flashbacks to the moment where claire's talking to simon and the thing i it, it like broke my brain because like yeah. i had never seen anything like that before i was like wait wh what like what what happened to the main character we've been following for the last mm -hmm. 30 minutes yeah i don't know um so i'm just giving you a, some insight in the way i uh, i i experienced this that's how well, i saw when I saw Pulp Fiction, I was 14. That's what I felt. Yeah. I'm like, wait, Vincent Vega, he's dead. Why is he there? And then it takes you and you're like, oh, wow, I'm being, oh, film is an art, oh, it's an art form. I get it. And <laughs> you can start thinking about it. Oh, it's an art form. Right, right. Oh, okay. Oh, art form. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, the, that, that was ultimately where I landed on it was like, I, I don't know what this movie's about, you know, and you guys have said slice of life and it's like, a, a slice of life of I, a slice that I did not feel particularly compelled to spend time in, you know, is kind of how well, I maybe the, some uh, lives should be yeah. unexamined. I yeah. don't know. Go, it's go that ahead, vicarious ahead, living of of I think it was delivering mm -hmm. to audiences. Yeah, this yeah. vicarious thing. You the expectation is not we're holding a mirror up to you. The, ex, mm -hmm. the expe expectation is hey, if you we're naughty. This might be something that you could, Ooh, isn't it right. fun to, to live that life in the cinema? And I think that's what a lot of, that's why yeah, there's, yeah, you know, yeah. that reservoir dogs and this like being a gangster and being, you know, being, uh, living in the underworld and, and interacting with CD characters and all that stuff to a mainstream audience. It was this vicarious thrill. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, um, aspirational. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But those those people were all doing uh interesting things. You were <laughs> hitmen. 
You know, a guy, a boxer, man, the mob boss. Look at these slums. Like, what, who who are these guys? Like, that's that's the. It's it, I think it is, that's it, it's a bunch of yeah. It feels like a bunch of kids who don't have distinctive personalities other than the sex feed. Like, I think that's that, that's my so, yeah yeah. I'm sorry, but that's Avengers. I know. I, I think that's why I think the Zach and Adam part is my favorite because mm-hmm. I feel like they're the ones who are a little more. They are established. They have jobs. Yeah, they're successful. Yeah. They're on television. So. I think we get to, you know, and we get to see like. I also don't understand that they're on TV, but also they're being. Are they being investigated by the cops? So they're like, they're possessed. They had they got arrested for possession. They got arrested because they had drugs. So this right, yeah, but they're also on TV. Yeah, yeah, but, but on a do, small sun show, people yeah. on TV never do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't the, um, be recognizing them in the in the grocery store and stuff like? Yeah, I well, I, I think you know to, maybe to Devendra's point. Um, Perhaps not the best people to go undercover if everyone yeah. knows yeah. who you are. Yes, um, yes. But uh, very true. The, <laughs> the uh, I, I did yeah. love how that you learn the information about those two characters, like uh, mm-hmm. with Jay Moore's character telling the FBI guy that his girlfriend wasn't fa- isn't faithful, and then you kind of slowly get that they're a couple. It's not yeah. like laid out to you. Right well, it's laid out to you, but it's played as a joke. Where Katie Holmes, it's, says, it's played immediately. Like yeah, once yeah. that flip yeah. happens, and once they reveal that too, then those two start acting very effeminate in a way too. Like they, did you make that switch? Did you I, make I saw, a weird I, switch I, there? It's very strange. There's yeah. a little bit of that. I think I, I would. Agree I don't know. I think it treats them like. I don't think it treats them as as an. Uh, they, yeah. they act very differently. Like once it's revealed that they're a couple. Like before, they're acting like straight bros, and then right after that, though I they're think acting that, like very lovely. I didn't get to that. Each other. That's very also weird. Yeah. If, if that's in there, was like I said, I think it's a little. I think it's because that's when we see them alone. Yeah, everything else we're seeing them is with William Fichter or sure. acting for Sarah Pauly. Mm, yeah, um, so we see I them before Sarah Pauly. That's a good, that's a good point. We the, see the, them the like thing, the thing yeah, that really through. rubbed me the wrong way about that whole plot line mm-hmm. was at the end they find out that they've been cheating on each other with the same person. <laughs> And their solution is to then go torment that person. Yeah. And That's it's the like, end of that chapter. But it's like, <laughs> hey, um, maybe uh, that person is not like the cause of all of your problems. Like maybe there's other issues you have going on in your relationship than just this one person. Um, so I felt like there was some missed opportunity mm-hmm. for self-examination. For true guys. introspection. True introspection. <laughs> this this isn't a really? movie about self-examination. This is a movie about really? young people doing dumb stuff. <laughs> this is that is an accurate statement, Peter. I know. No, yes. I know. But, you're but right, like, you're right. When, everything when, everything when you you're that right. age, yeah. when you're that age, you you think you're on top of the world. You think that nothing can like yeah. that you're invincible. Yeah. And I feel like this is a movie about that. I think it's, it's like, yeah, you're right. If if it's if you want a movie about stupid people doing dumb things <laughs> that are often criminal, it's uh, like, this is a great movie. For you, and I think for that, sure. you know, Jeff. I actually think you're describing the movie perfectly. Like, I don't think we actually disagree about like mm-hmm. how we describe the movie. I think it's more about like what I am looking for in my entertainment these days. Sure, you know what I'm saying sure. as opposed to as opposed to anything about the movie itself. That's so. funny, Jeff. You brought up Run Lola Run, which is a movie from the same era, which distinct like ha- dis- has its hooks in me and is a great film and is about young people being kind of listless and like trying to figure out their lives and. I don't know. It's a very different film. Not fair to compare them, but you you can be you can explore young people. I think while also trying to have a, a more interesting lens on it. That's all. I felt like this this was kind of a wasted opportunity to really like look at a lot of these characters or have more fun. I would have liked to have more fun. That's all. <laughs> I, I think I think it does dip for about ten minutes in the Simon part compared to the rest of the film. But I do, and then like we're talking about like 
where that theme comes from. It's like of them not doing anything. That kid Manny at the very end, after all that, he's just like, what, what are we doing tonight? And then you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, come on. Really, dude? Really? But that's it. That's the whole movie. It's, yeah. That was just yeah. one night. It's gone. It didn't happen. They almost died. They almost got shot. They did get shot. Blah, blah, blah. But it's okay, nothing. So tonight? I just did a quick Google search of uh, 17 movies that came out in the in the wake of Pulp Fiction. Oh, boy. I want to list you. And I. This is to demonstrate how Go is in the top tier, I, in my okay, opinion. Sure. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I believe it. Okay. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go is on here. Uh, two Days in the Valley. Okay. Not good. Uh, the Get Shorty and Be Cool movies. First uh, one's good. Eight good. Heads yeah. in a Duffel Bag. Bad. Mm. Bad. Very Bad Things. Good. Boondock Saints. Terrible. Bad. Uh, reindeer Games. That not, doesn't fit. Not great. Question mark? No. It doesn't fit. Yeah. Doesn't fit. Uh, anyway, that's there's there's several other very good ones, but there's a lot of not that great. I, okay. I don't know why Killing Zoe isn't on here. That's a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> you, you, you are right, Jeff. Of all the terrible movies that have come out in the wake of Pulp Fiction, Go yep. is the best of the terrible Of all movies. the Pulp Fiction clones, it, it may I, be I, the best one. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I'm just, I don't my, disagree. my point is that Quentin Tarantino sort of did something that no one had seen before. And it, it, I think it sparked in a lot of creative people a desire to do that also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and it changed movies in that sort of a mid to post, mid to late 90s, post Tarantino indie film scene really was defined by this kind of, of storytelling. And that's kind of what I like about Go is that it is a, it, we just don't have that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it was a very specific time period and we've kind of moved on from even Quentin Tarantino isn't doing that. Yeah. And um, I, I liked revisiting that aesthetic and kind of judging it from today's perspective is fair, but also it's kind of like saying doo-wop music sounds antiquated. It's like, yeah, it does, but it was a very specific time. You know, they, people were doing that thing. I could go back and rewatch Pulp Fiction. That movie's a masterpiece. You know, like right. I, I, I have very little problems going back and rewatching that. I, I brought up After Hours, and if you guys like I this mean, movie, and they you say the N word about before. a thousand times in Pulp Fiction. Did they that, do. Did that? Does that uh, age well? No. I don't think, think Devendra is saying exclusively that just the things that didn't yeah. age well are the reasons he didn't like this movie. Yeah. No, I it's agree. More like yeah, yeah. It's and I don't disagree that it's a masterpiece. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> After Hours. If you guys like this movie and you haven't seen After Hours before, go check that out. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right, I, Peter Serretta. Yeah. One last thing. I want to yeah, say it's also, it's also interesting that Doug Lyman, like, uh, I think he had a movie that was before Swingers that no one yeah. has really seen. But the uh, Swingers and then this both kind of hit at the like swinger hit right at the rise of swing culture and this hit at right at the rise of rave, rave culture. And uh, I'm not sure if that was intentional on his part mm-hmm. or if he, he just like happened For into sure. that because he wasn't into swing dancing or raves. Born identity hit at the rise of the, you know, uh, the MD Jack assassin culture. Like we, he's <laughs> on, t- he's on, on the pulse at all points. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow hit at the rise of Groundhog Day movies type. Exactly. <laughs> you nailed no. it. Tom Cruise's comeback. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our review of Go. Peter Serretta, uh, despite the fact that I enjoyed the movie half a star less this time around, wow. I am Take grateful. That, Peter. Half a star less. <laughs> Dave, I, that how was does not that a... sit with you, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> half a star. 
Well, I don't know. If that's a three and a half star out of four review, I don't know what a four star review is. <laughs> I don't know what a two star <laughs> review is. But if that's a three and a half. <laughs> but we'll find out this year on the Summer Movie Wager when I beat Dave again. <laughs> Woo! Oh, him to watch something else he doesn't want to watch. This is, by the way, this is the reward for winning is everyone comes and craps on movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least Peter gave us a movie that like some of us enjoyed. Remember Slackers? You guys remember hey, Slackers? Remember so. Gods of Egypt? Oh Gods God, of Egypt. Gods of Egypt was interesting, guys. Gods of Egypt. Was, I, you know, I, I think if I win this year, we, and not if there's no if about it. All right, uh, right. When I win this year, it's probably going to be a Criterion movie. That's kind of I, I would like to choose a Criterion collection. Without movie. spoiling, do you guys have your movies in mind if you if you win this year? All, I, always uh, close always? to my heart. Yeah, yeah. Okay. pretty right. pretty yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. Okay. All right. Give me five many, seconds. Many I will give you a now. movie. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Jeff? I said I've had mine in my head for many, many years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dust it off. Get those cobwebs off. Yeah. 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 It's okay. That's write it down on a piece of paper. Put it in your pocket, and that's that's the most number of people that's ever going to see and learn about that movie, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you to Peter Serretta. From Ordinary Adventures uh, and SlashFilm.com. Thank you to Jermaine Lucier from io9 and Gizmodo uh, for joining us today, guys. We really appreciate it. We do have plans for the Summer Movie Wager. It is coming up later this month. So get ready, folks. That was our conversation about the movie Go. If you want to hear the rest of that episode, as well as access lots of other episodes and get access to ad-free episodes, become a patron at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Thanks.